Real quick before we dive into today's topic, a few episodes back, I talked about establishing rituals and how that helps you fortify your body and mind in preparation for the work that we do. When I gave some details about the ways that I utilize rituals, I mentioned that I use a personal shaver from Manscaped to trim my armpits and my downstairs region. Well, I want to make an announcement and let you know that Manscaped has partnered with me to offer listeners 20% off and free shipping with the code IGNITED at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com. And use the code IGNITED. Unlock your confidence with the new Lawnmower 4.0 from Manscaped. I'm fortunate to be one of the few people that they sent their brand new personal shaver to, the Lawnmower 4.0, and this thing is legit. I gotta tell you, it's got an LED light on it so you can see what the heck it is you're doing down there. It's got wireless charging, a skin safe ceramic blade to keep you from slicing things up down there, and it's waterproof so you can take it in the shower if you want. If you're using the same shaver to trim your body and your face, you're doing it wrong. Get the new Lawnmower 4.0 and change your world. Remember to use code IGNITED for 20% off and free shipping. All right, let's get to it, shall we? In today's episode, I get to talk to Brady Tucker, the man behind Books Behind the Badge. It's really a great IG page and a podcast that's focused on connecting those of us in the public service arena through reading. Brady feels that by reading books and discussing our takeaways, we bridge the gap that would otherwise separate us. Books are a great way to learn new things, meet new people, and share ideas. I hope you enjoy listening to our conversation as much as I had having it. Without any further delay, here's my conversation with Brady Tucker. All right, Mr. Brady Tucker, thanks for coming to the show. I appreciate you, my man. Yeah, absolutely. I'm. Uh, it's an honor. It's an honor to be uh, invited on to podcasts. It's something I do for fun, and it's always a delightful surprise when other people want me on. <laughs> it's interesting because as like as I've dove in, dived into the podcast world, it's interesting because I've had you get the opportunity to kind of host and then be the guest, and so it's always it's always cool to kind of jump back and forth between those seats. Yeah, for sure. Getting a Getting to be on the other side of it kind of puts things into perspective a little bit. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's talk about what you're doing uh, on social media and what you're doing with books behind the badge. I got to tell you, I I uh, I love reading books, and and I was doing a search, just a simple search on Instagram, looking for maybe a new podcast or maybe a new page to help me kind of add. Um, new books to my stack and new books to my library and, and see what I could be reading next. And yours popped right up, man. It was the perfect thing because you're, you're literally trying to connect people through reading books and, and it's geared really towards people in police fire and EMS. So why don't you talk to us a little bit about how that got started and and what drives you in this movement? Yeah, man. So initially it was, uh, myself and some of my friends, veteran friends, uh, Navy, Air Force and stuff, we created a book club just amongst ourselves. Uh, I had been posting books on my personal Instagram page that a lot of people, you know, friends and, and, and acquaintances were reaching out saying, oh, I read that because you posted it. So I'm like, 
you know what, let's, I'll start a book club. I'll create a, uh, I'll create a public Instagram page. Cause obviously if like my friends are getting something out of it, maybe more people can get something out of it. Um, and from there, man, it just kind of evolved into what it is. Initially it was the be better book club. And then I had this idea for books behind the badge. Uh, all my friends were super supportive of it. I pushed forward with that, man. It's, I, I never really had from the beginning, like this solid idea of exactly what it was going to become. It was just an idea. And from there, it's just changed and changed and changed into me trying to promote books uh, amongst first responders by first responders. Um, like you said, before we were recording, man, like reading just kind of falls by this, the wayside and it's kind of like lost its touch, I guess. And I noticed this, this area on social media that was lacking. Like you have all these first responder fitness pages and all these different first responder pages for training and fitness and all this stuff. And then you've got book pages, but there was nothing that kind of intermingled the two. So I figured, you know, why, why not um, promote something that, that has such a great benefit for me and has a benefit for other people. And, and the benefits I, I come to find out are more so than I thought they were when, when people, you know, come to me and, and tell me what they're getting out of reading and what they're getting from my page. So it's been a great journey so far, man. And I've, I've really had fun with it. That's awesome, dude. That, uh, that really speaks to what it is that I, everything I believe in. Um, I know you're, you said you were close to the end of the police Academy. So have you ever been in public service before? You said you were in the military. Uh, are you just kind of starting out in your public service journey or how did that work out? Yeah, man. So I joined the air force, like right out of high school. Um, no rhyme or reason why I chose that branch over any other one, but I was security forces or uh, military police in layman's terms. Uh, I did that for about six years. I loved the work. Um, I didn't particularly enjoy the air force, but I liked the job. So I wanted to take it into the civilian world. Um, I got out, I used my GI bill, uh, got my bachelor's degree in investigations and then got picked up by a local County out here, man. And so far it's, it's been awesome. So it's, it's definitely night and day from military to civilian world. Awesome. Right on. Yeah. It's funny because uh, like during the academies now, whether it's police or fire, like we tend to be a bit paramilitary, right? Like in that we have our, our cadres, we have our, our cohorts, our crews and our, our systems and the way things work throughout the day, we do our PT and then we do our other didactic stuff. And so there's a lot of people that I know that are, or have come from the military who are in public service now. So that that's no surprise there. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to let's, let's stick to the whole, let's kind of re- revisit the book club thing. Um, so you said you, you just kind of started it with your friends and then you put it online as a public page and then it became uh, books behind the badge or how did that, how did that manifest? Yeah. So, I mean, there was like six of us, including myself, and we were just like, each one of us would pick a book, you know, and then each month we would read whatever book the other person picked. Uh, Life, you know, obviously has a way of kind of getting busy with people and and not everybody can keep up every month and stuff. So um, I I just like randomly, I was on a hike one day and this idea of books behind the badge just popped into my head. I reached out to all of the guys uh, and gals in my book club and they were supportive of me, like changing the name and the direction of the page from the book club, uh, 
primary mission of the book club to more so book promotions, uh, reviews, and then kind of just like trying to think of a word here. It's just like kind of promoting other first responders. I, you know, I reach out to a lot of people and people reach out to me and I will, you know, put, put their favorite books up. I will have them on for like Sunday shout outs. I'll have them on podcast. I'll, I'll uh, collaborate with authors for giveaways. And it's just kind of evolved from there from just being this singular, Hey, here's what we're reading this month to, Hey, here's this plethora of knowledge and plethora of books and, and all these other people. Like if, if you're interested in what I'm doing, like check this guy out, you're probably going to be interested in what he's doing too. So it's kind of more of a, you know, bring everybody together and, and let's branch out from there. Nice. Yeah. Just like you say, bridge the gap, you know, connect through reading. That's awesome because uh, I know a lot of times, whether it's authors or even actors or, or people who are like kind of a high profile, um, you feel that there's like a, a definite separation like between us and them. Right. But, but honestly, what I found is that the more I read books and the more I reach out to authors or people who also love to read those books, the, the gap isn't as big as we think it is. Yeah. And it's really so, not. yeah, just reaching out to them and asking them to maybe like be a part of a, like you said, a giveaway or something like that. They're more than willing to support that idea. And, and even think about it. Like if we wrote, if we were to write something and if somebody reached out to us, like personally, I know I would feel honored if somebody came to me and was like, Hey, we're studying your book this month in my book club. (laughs) Would you be willing to either come on and talk about it or share your, your insight and perspective on it? So that's really awesome, man. Um, we, uh, at ignited, I, I kind of, formulate everything I do around the adage, civilize the mind and make savage the body, Mm. which is a a samurai proverb. But I feel like you had mentioned earlier on social media, there's so much in regards to like firefighter fitness or law enforcement fitness and military fitness and all of this stuff that, that there really wasn't anything out there that's focused more on intellect in, Mm -hmm. in public service, you know, and I feel like this really hones in on that. So it's quickly become my favorite, uh, my favorite Instagram page and podcast. So speaking of the podcast, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, you mentioned giveaways and discussions with authors. How long has that been going and, and what does that, uh, what does that look like? Yeah. So, I mean, when I do like giveaways and all that stuff, it's, either somebody, either an author will reach out to me and ask um, for it or, or I'll reach out to them and and say, Hey, like, here's what I have going on. Um, You know, usually it's new authors. Like, so if they have a new book coming out, obviously a lot of the times they want help promoting it. I know I'm not like the biggest page in the world. I'm slowly growing uh, more people. But still, yeah. Yeah. Still. And I know it works. Uh, You know, I, I'll, I'll give away a book and then usually, you know, five or six people after that will end up just buying the book cause they didn't win, but it's, <laughs> it's nice. I but mean, it still puts like, it on their radar, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And it's yeah. like, you know, I've had like Steven Pressfield send me early copies of his books. And, That's awesome. And just like various authors will send me early copies to pre-read. Um, and then I'll, you know, once the book's released, do a giveaway with them. It's kind of just a way to, I guess, give back. I mean, not like the art of reading, like an actual physical copy of a book is, a lot of people are doing audiobooks or Kindles and 
that's fine, I guess, but it's like, I'm kind of a traditionalist, I guess, in a sense. So I like to get that stuff out there and, and try and get back to the roots of reading. Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of people um, do audiobooks or they do um, Kindles or anything like that. I'm a bit of a traditionalist too, man. I like, I like holding the book and like flipping through the pages because I also take a lot of notes when I read, like I take a lot of, I underline, I write notes in the margin, you know, and some people, some people, some purists are kind of like, Oh, that's blasphemy. But honestly, every author I've talked to appreciates it. And they're like, wow, that, that means that you're really getting something out of what it is that I've invested all that time and effort into. So yeah. What are your funny? Oh, go ahead. I used to, I used to never, I would never write in a book, never highlight or yeah. anything. I was like, yeah. no, cause it's like this, this is my book. And it's like, it's gotta right. be this pristine condition. Dude, nowadays yeah. I'm like, no, it's my book. I'm going to highlight it. I'm going to write in it. It's, it's mine. I'm like, it's nobody else's. So it's like, yeah, man, why, why not? Yeah, exactly. And that's just it. It's like, it's, it's your copy. And even if, uh, even if it does get damaged or too weather worn, you can always just get another copy, right? Yeah. I mean, right now, anyways, like that's the thing. Amazon yeah. is like a click away. <laughs> a well-worn book shows that it's been used. So Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I kind of see that as a badge of honor too. So um, let's talk about a little bit about reading strategies. You had mentioned the book club. Um, when you would finish out a book, would you formulate like a set of questions or would you guys just kind of have a constant method for discussing things? Would you wait till you were all done reading or how does that work? How did that work out? I mean, usually we would just have like a conversation at the end of the month about what like our thoughts were about the book. Um, I would usually have them help me out with writing their reviews on it because it, it was good to get, I think, everybody's opinion on it. Um, I mean, the book club aspect of, of the, the page and, and the podcast and all that has kind of fallen by the wayside um, a little bit, typically because I've been, I guess, pushing it in a different direction other than right, yeah. just the singular uh, club aspect of it. But I mean, yeah, it was, it was generally just have a conversation. We were in a big group chat and I tried not to be like too pseudo intellectual intellectual about it or or you know i wanted to keep it basic keep it straightforward yeah. and not you know i guess yeah well that way people will like be more english. willing to engage right yeah, yeah yeah that's the thing nobody likes to feel like they're sitting in english class and there's right. an ulterior message that your teacher's trying to push on you yeah exactly exactly we'll talk a, l- a little bit about uh some of the guests that kind of stand out or come to your mind on the podcast now it's called books behind the badge podcast, correct? Yeah. I just kept it with the, uh, the same name. Yeah, the smart. Page. Helps keep Some, things linear, helps keep it. Yeah. Sometimes I think that my name's a little long, but it is what it is. <laughs> no, it's, it, it sticks, man. It sticks. Yeah. You know, tell, tell me what was the, uh, what was your, your motto that you had set a, a minute ago? The, Oh, uh, the samurai proverb. Uh, civilize the mind, but make savage the body. Yeah. Civilize the mind. Like when you said that I, and you're, you're asking me about podcast guests. Now I had this gentleman on Traver Boehm who wrote a book called uncivilized man, which was a great book. And when I thought of civilize the mind, I immediately thought of, I guess is kind of antithesis to that, which is be uncivilized. Uh, Don't be a modern day civilized person because 
like a modern day civilized person kind of, you know, they're not, they're not the person reading. They're not the person working out. They're not the person doing what they should be doing. They're, they're kind of, you know, putting all that stuff to the wayside saying, you know, we, you know, I don't want to sound like cliche or anything, but it's like, you know, get rid of violence, get rid of all this stuff, get rid of, you know, all yeah. this, what, what you would deem yeah. to be like civilized and like, let's take it back to, you know, the area of the samurai where generally what was civilized would now be considered probably uncivilized. So that was, uh, right. he, was he, he was a good brutal. Guess. Yeah. I'm having a hard time, I guess, putting it into words, but if you listen to how he puts it into words on the episode, it's just, it makes a lot of sense. The book makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. His book, uh, man uncivilized, right. The unapologetic guide to becoming and finding a wild and conscious legend of a man. That's one hell of a subtitle. (laughs) (laughs) And the thing, dude, the book is like a freaking work of art. It's like, it's a brick dude. It's heavy and it's awesome. It's, it's different, but it's good. Awesome. Yeah, it definitely looks like uh, one I'd love to dive into. Um, Yeah. And the concept of like becoming civilized, I like the idea of um, balancing that civilized mind, but savage body in that, you know, even fire and, and PD, we're both required in our careers to understand and think through processes and be able to use our mind as a tool and keep it sharp. But at the same time, when it comes down to, you know, PD being able to chase someone down or fire, being able to kick that door in and and do work for a good 40 minutes in the extreme temperatures and heats and conditions. Like it is that, it is that perfect balance between the two, you know, you really got it. They definitely run parallel. And I think, you know, I see it coming to light a lot more now where people are kind of getting on, on, you know, jumping onto the train of like understanding that concept that like your mental, your mental health will affect your physical health and like your mental sharpness will affect your physical sharpness. And that was kind of like one of the, the, the missions of books behind the badge too, was, you, you know, keep up to date with like what's going on, you know, never stop learning just, and I said this on other podcasts, it's, just because you've graduated the Academy or just because you've earned your degree and whatever it is that you earned your degree. And it's, you're, you're never not a student or you, you know, at least you should always be a student. I I know a lot of people aren't, but the goal is to say, Hey, like you don't have to go to more college. You don't have to take more classes. If you can't afford it, pick up a book, implement what you're reading from that book. Don't just read it and toss it away. Implement what you're reading and uh, you know, keep up with the times because things change society changes every everyone changes tactics change the way you fight fires is going to change in 10 years from now to what it is now because the way buildings are structured is going to be different the way the technology of the fire trucks are going to be different everything's going to change so it's like progress yeah absolutely yeah there's only uh there's only um a few years between how we operate now and our full scba masks and air packs and all of that versus just a few years ago and and even some East coast agencies are still operating without like a, an SCBA or a face mask when going into things and taking care of fires and whatnot. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, it is something that's definitely constantly evolving, constantly changing and we have to be adaptable. And it's funny because 
I was just telling this to a buddy of mine. There's, there's two things that firemen hate and it's change in the way things are. <laughs> and it's like, at the same time, we, we try to brag about how we uh, we're so adaptable, right? Like we're, we're adaptable in these extreme situations, but then when it comes to, like you'd mentioned our, our learning development and our continual sense of learning, we get real stubborn and we think like, we think we know it all. We think we've got it all set and I know what I need to know and I don't need to know anything else. And then that's typically what, what burns us, you know, physically or literally or, or figuratively. So that's good that you talked about that. Always be learning and always be willing to implement what you've learned. I like that a lot. Uh, what are you reading right now? Um, so currently I'm reading, well, I'm reading three books. I'm reading, oh, what's it called? Something Malcazone by Brian Asher. He's a, he's a law enforcement officer, but he wrote, he's writing a series of fictitious novels, which fascinates me because you don't see a lot of cops or first responders writing fiction. Um, True. So he sent me a copy. Um, reading that, I'm also reading a book by Michael Gilpass called Taming the Serpent. And that's how neuroscience is going to, how neuroscience can revolutionize training in law enforcement. And awesome. I'm also reading, uh, I'm, my wife is pregnant, so I'm reading some father books, you know, it's our first right one. So reading right some stuff on how to, how to handle a baby. <laughs> right on, man. Uh, I'm guessing this is number one. Yeah. Yep. Okay, cool. Right on. There was a book that I'd read um, called Happiest Baby, Happiest Baby on the Block by Harvey Karp, I think is what, what his name is. Um, that was probably one of the best ones I'd read. I mean, there's so many books on babies out there, but this one I think really stood out to me because it helped me understand that as a father, I am the ambassador for this little human to the world. And yeah. so like, it's my duty to like show these different things that are in existence for their benefit or that might be dangerous or all of that stuff. And so like, we have to be able to, we, we all are like waiting for their first words, right? Like we're constantly just like anticipating those first words, but in between the time where they can't speak and they can speak, there's the whole gap within that time of development. And, um, he was a proponent of creating a system for being able to communicate within that time. And it helped us out a lot. So what we did was we created like three or four simple hand gestures that our little toddlers could give us for like hungry, you know, uh, hungry, more thirsty and tired. It, we just kept it very simple. And so, oh, it's so good, man. And, and so basically at that point, all these kids are, are just really needy, right? They're really needy. They're hungry or tired, or they need to be changed. Like that's really it. And they have no way to communicate that other than to scream and cry. Right. But if you provide them a method for communicating that, oh man, it was a total game changer total game changer. And so like all of my kids, they were amazing little babies. They were always communicative. And even now they're, my oldest is going into his senior year in high school right now. And 
that ability to and willingness to communicate has transferred and spanned the decades because if I could get him to communicate those simple little things, mm-hmm. he inherently trusts me when he's trying to communicate those big significant things in life. So it's, it's a great one, man. I highly recommend it. Yeah, for sure. And you know, like you said, with the, the whole communication thing, it seems like, obviously I'm not a father yet. I'm only looking at like anecdotally what I'm seeing, but <laughs> it's just like communication being one of those, the biggest steps, I guess, one of the biggest things that can make or break a relationship with a parent. Yeah, absolutely. Totally true. Totally true. So I'm looking through, uh, looking through your Instagram here. I see your bookshelf in the back and, and I see all of these great, uh, these great giveaways, these Sunday shout outs. How does the Sunday shout out work? Yeah, man. I usually just reach out to somebody, um, that I find interesting could be, it could be, it's generally a first responder, a veteran or military member. Actually, I think it always is. Um, yeah. Somebody that's doing like, you know, more going above and beyond what their, what their job title is, you know, either being a, a motivation to, to other people around them being, being a huge positive influence or they're writing books or they're, you know, somebody doing something cool, something that I find interesting. And I think other people would probably find interesting too. So I'll have them write a little bio about who they are, uh, you know, what their hobbies and passions are, what, you know, what they have going on. If they're an author, I, you know, promote their book a little bit. If, if they're an author, I'll have them take a picture with their book. If not, I try and get them to take a picture with their favorite book and, you know, just to let everybody know this is what my favorite book is and maybe you'll like it too. So. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Um, you'd mentioned, uh, Stephen Pressfield. Now, mm-hmm. what did he, uh, his newest one I think is man at arms. Yeah. And, uh, that one looks super interesting. Was that the one that, that he, that he had sent you or. Yeah, it was an awesome book. He sent me two copies, uh, one for me. And then I gave one away. It's a great awesome. book. It was my first book by him. That was fiction. The only other book I've read by him is the war of art. Oh yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Fiction. A lot of people, I feel like they're, I know some guys who typically avoid nonfiction, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, they avoid fiction books because they feel like there's not a lot they're going to be able to get out of it. And, and they stick strictly to nonfiction. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, in my experience, I feel, I, I do feel like it's like two different worlds out there, but at the same time, there's so much to be, absorbed and so much to be learned uh in regards to like human empathy and perspective and understanding or even like getting a peek behind the curtain into somebody's figurative life right when it mm-hmm. comes to fiction what some what are some fiction books that you would recommend that have really stuck out to you that uh maybe you've gifted I was going to ask you a little bit later, like what are your top gifted books, but we'll get to that in a minute. (laughs) Yeah, man. So with like fiction, like with you saying that it's, you know, I do see that a lot. Like a lot of people only read, you know, nonfiction, but I think for me, at least there's a few reasons why I think you should be reading fiction as one. Yeah. You can find those underlying messages um, that you can also get from nonfiction books, but you're going to find it in the fiction book as long as the author knows what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, another another reason is 
sometimes you just need it to break, to break up. I mean, reading nonfiction over and over, it can start to get dull. Um, yeah. And then also, honestly, it's a great way to decompress if, you know, it, to relax, to wind down. Like if you've had a tough shift, I mean, it's, you don't want to just pick up a book that's going to be like all sciencey, like the neuroscience book that I'm reading now. I don't want to pick that up after a long, hard day. I want to read something right. relaxing and enjoyable, but yeah, I mean, um, I always like throw it back to one of the, f- it's definitely, I mean, goosebumps, obviously the first books that I was reading growing up, but uh, probably the first adult novel that I read that was, that really stuck with me. I've probably read it four times already. Uh, Earth Abides. Mm. It is a great book. It's like a post-apocalyptic esque type book, but it doesn't, it doesn't really read like a lot of the other ones that it's more of like society vanishes and, and rebuilding from the foundation up versus you know, zombies or something like that. Uh, I don't know what it is about that book. I just think it was done very well. Um, there are a lot of controversial reviews on it, but for mm-hmm. me, I, I like it. Um, trying to think, you know, I haven't, I, I, I hate to say it, but I honestly, I've only been reading, you know, like a few f- fictional books a year. Uh, Man at Arms was a great book. Uh, the book I'm reading now so far is really good. Uh, I read The Stand by Stephen King last year. Oh, boy, first... that's a thick one. Oh, my God, dude. It's like as big as the Bible. Uh, <laughs> I loved it. That was my first fictional book by King. Uh, I've read on writing by him, but that was the first fictional piece I've read. And, dude, I loved it. Again, it's kind of like a post-apocalyptic. I'm sure you've read it. Yeah, definitely. That one was uh, one that it's on my list, but I haven't actually read it yet. And there's, mm. there's been a lot of uh, fandom from, from that book. You know, a lot of people love it. And I think it's been attempted to made into like uh miniseries numerous times. Yeah, And I think they're Paramount. actually doing it again, aren't they? It just, it came out like a few months ago. Paramount yeah. did it. Um, it had like Whoopi Goldberg in it and had some other like higher high-end actors in it um interesting it was good but after having like read the book and just the amount of detail in the book and there's no way you're gonna fit that into a series yeah yeah it just seems like a lot another one of those uh right now is dune and i don't know if you've ever read that one i personally have not um but i did just purchase it and then i also i'm a big fan of graphic novels I did just purchase that one too. And so I'm like, maybe it'll help with the imagery of, of what it is he's trying to communicate. But everyone I talk to who have read, who has read that book just absolutely loves it. And is like super amped that this new film is coming out because I know there was one years ago uh, yeah. but, and they still love that one. But this new one apparently is going to really blow things away. We'll see. What kind of graphic novels do you, are you reading? So, um, I, when I was much younger, I was very much into like the Marvel comics. And so like right now with all these films coming out, it's like my nerd dream come true. Right. (laughs) And it's funny because like whoever I'm sitting with watching them, I'm always like pointing out these little things. Oh, did you know this? Or did you know that? And even sitting there with my kids, it's funny. We'll, we'll rewatch them and we'll rewatch them. And, and every time like I'll, I'll share something new with them. Like, Hey, did you know this about that character? Or that's why he's using this, this tool for that thing or whatever. It's, it's really fun to do that because it kind of helps again, bridge that gap from my childhood to their childhood. And it's super cool. 
but um, I was really big into the the Civil War anthology, uh, like Captain America, Iron Man, Civil War anthology. So when that film came out, I was just blown away. It was amazing. Um, but uh, Brian Vaughn has really become one of my most favorite uh, graphic novelists. Brian, I think it's Brian K. Vaughn. And he wrote uh, a series called Why the Last Man. And it's all about how there's basically all the men on the planet have died off. And there's no more men. It's just a, a planet full of ladies, planet full of females. And there's only one man that survived. And nobody knows why, like nobody knows why he's alive. They, they want to like study him that, you know, they ha there's these different factions of, of clans or whatnot of women who like want to study him, want to cut him open and figure out what it is. And, and then there are others who want to like keep him so that they can propagate the human race. And it's, it's crazy. It honestly, it would make an amazing amazing netflix series or something like some kind of amazon series or something it's really good and then uh, he actually has another uh, a separate series called saga and it's very um much more on the fantasy side but it's very much geared towards like human emotion, human problems, like things that we're all dealing with. But like these characters are dealing with these things in these fantastic ways. Um, so there's like hybrid people and, and all of these political implications that go into that. It's, it's quite an examination of society. And so I would say that if you're, if you're looking for something totally different and if you're into graphic novels, definitely check out Brian Vaughn's saga. It's really Yeah, I just good. wrote that down. You know, um, which ones I actually want to read. They're kind of pricey, though, to get the hardcover. Did you watch Invincible on Amazon? Prime? Oh, yes, right? <laughs> I, want, I want to read those now. So good, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, my one, like, guilty pleasure, though, that I have all the big hardcover graphic novels for, and it's, like, the nerdiest thing in the world is uh, <laughs> the Avatar. No. Oh, dude. Are you kidding me? Because that's probably the greatest animated series 100%. ever. Yeah. Can't yeah. So we, I watched that with my kids. I, we watched uh, Legend of Korra. And uh, loving podcasts as we do, there's actually a podcast with, um, oh, what's her name? Varney, who does the voice of Korra. Oh, and, and then with, yeah. And then with um, the guy who plays Zuko, Donnie or Dante Bosco, the guy who does Prince Zuko. Mm -hmm. And so they have a podcast and all they do is talk about Avatar and they have the creators on and they have like, they ask them about how they created the animals and the hybrid animals and all this stuff and the, the theology and the religion stuff that goes into it. It's probably one of the greatest animated series of all time. <laughs> and oh, yeah, I think 100%. a lot of people kind of let it fly under the radar because it was Nickelodeon, but oh man. Well, I don't know. It, it kind of has like a huge cult following, honestly. Like you see a lot of people. Huge. Age, you know, I'm like yeah. upper 20s now. So it's 
anybody my age has seen it like generally and they love yeah. it. So it's like, Oh yeah. One of those things. Absolutely. It sounds nerdy, but it's like most people love it. So. Yeah. 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 And it may be nerdy, but man, it, there are some, some episodes that are like, that's some deep stuff going on and it, oh, yeah. and it really has an impact. Yeah. So good. So good. So, um, you said that you're like reading three, three different books right now. Is that typical practice for you? You read like a, a number of different books at a time. Yeah, I generally do. I used to not do that, but I've kind of, I, I, I saw a lot of other people doing it and recommending it. So I gave it a shot and honestly, I love it because if I start to get bored with a book, I don't, you know, I can set it down and pick up the other one and then just kind of switch back and forth day to day. Um, so honestly, it kind of makes it easier. I usually actually finish books faster doing it that way too. Not that it's a race or that I'm advocating, you know, read books as fast as you can, but um, right. obviously I'm, I have a goal here. So, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, that's what I usually do. I try and a lot of the times now, I try and do it with a fiction book and a nonfiction book. At least it doesn't always work. If that doesn't work out, I will at least have two different types of genres or topics. So I'm not reading the same type of thing uh, in two books and mixing them up. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I typically do a similar thing. Um, I'll have like a fiction book that I'm reading I'll have a nonfiction book of some kind, maybe like a leadership of some kind. And then um, I, I have categories that, that I, it's like a box check checkbox system throughout the year of different categories of books that I want to read. So like every year I want to make sure that I read a book on finance Every year I want to make sure I read a book on leadership and then one on communication and then one uh, like autobiography and one biography and then one, you know, that's just something I would normally never pick up. Like the outlier category is what I call it. Um, but yeah, I'm the same way, man. I, I'll have like three or four books going at the same time. Like right now I'm reading, I saw you read Matthew McConaughey's green lights, yeah. which was uh, pretty awesome. It's a great book. And I'm about, I'm close to finishing that one. Um, I'm reading six of crows right now, which is from Lee Bardugo and her series shadow and bone is on Netflix right now. And that's kind of mm -hmm. one of the things that sparked me into, into reading that. And, Six of Crows is like a tandem story along the lines of Shadow and Bone. It's happening at the same time. So the way they mapped it out on the Netflix series is, is pretty amazing. Um, one of my most favorite books of all time was Ready Player One. Really? I don't know if you ever read that book. I've watched yeah. the movie. Haven't, haven't and, uh, yeah. Yeah. So like there's, there's obviously the two camps, you know, like the, the people who love the movie and the people who love the book, but the book was one of the most well-written, amazing, like pop culture reference books I'd ever read. And not only did it just reference things, but it used these um, moments in time within that pop culture to tell the story. So it was so good, but I'm actually reading Ready Player Two right now, which is his second installation. Well, let me, let me but, ask um, you, did, uh, did the movie do a decent job or was it? Uh, man, I was not... 
I was not happy. But I mean, there were some elements that they really brought to life. But overall, I was kind of like, oh, man, this this could have been so great. I feel like a lot of the producers maybe might have had a, a voice and changed some things as they typically do. But um, that's like, man, I mean, you look at flow so fast. People who it's like Starship Troopers or Ender's Game or like Game of Thrones. It's like either right. you're, yeah, either you're yeah. the movie guy or you're the book guy. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's it's definitely true. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I obviously get a lot more out of the book, but at the mm-hmm. same time, being able to watch these things like be played out is really amazing. Um, mm-hmm. So like I'm a... Like I mentioned, I used to read a lot of comic books when I was a kid, Marvel in particular. Um, I'm I'm like very well versed in the Marvel universe. And then I wasn't so much a DC fan except for Batman. He's like my number one guy over there. But um, so I read a lot of Batman novels. I read a lot of Batman um, graphic novels as well. Like Denny O'Neill, his, his book Nightfall was one of the most like influential books that I had read when I was a youth and, and today watching how that book weaves its way in and out of like Christopher Nolan's trilogy was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, so it like, I feel like it adds that richness, you know? So like when you go watch these movies, it just adds that richness to things. And so I don't like to get stuck so much on, the purity of it all, like, Oh, it was this way in the book and it should have been this way in the film. But I like to look for the creative license that the studios take. Yeah. I don't typically, I'm not a big fan of like traditional Hollywood producing because they just, they pay a certain amount of money to get the thing done. And then whatever they say they want to see in the film, that's what they put in the film, regardless of if it even goes with the story or whatever. And so it usually just winds up being a, just a total, little trash heap but uh yeah the thing i liked about marvel studios so much was that marvel studios started out as an independent film production company mm-hmm. and so it was only the people who were passionate about it that got to take the reins like kevin feige and john favreau and so all of these people who knew and loved the comics like i did were the ones putting it out and all the people who worked on the actual comics we're the ones writing the screenplays, doing all the storyboarding. And so I've personally, I feel like that's one of the reasons why it's so successful because they just mesh so well. But um, yeah, I agree with you, man. What was, uh, what was one of the ones I know you said you didn't read much fiction, but what was one of the ones that like a book you read and then you saw the movie and you were just like, bah, <laughs> or maybe you were surprised about well, you know, I mean, honestly, I'll just revert back to the stand because it's probably the most recent. I think I will say that I think they did a good job. I mean, it was a mini series, so it was just like one, you know, like a one-off. Um, right. They did a good job telling the story. I say that like in quotes, but but there's just like again, mm-hmm. there's so much in the book, and it's like you have this idea of what a character looks like when you're reading the book, and yeah. then if they don't like meet that criteria in the movie, you're just kind of like disappointed a little bit, and then it's just yeah, like right. all these little like you're like wait a minute, that's not what happened, 
in the book uh, by any means. Um, again, you know what I'll, I have? I have the Game of Thrones books, like all of them. I have oh, literally nice. not. I have not read a single one of them. <laughs> oh, not yet. Have you watched the <laughs> no, series? I have like three or four times. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, uh, I hadn't. I'm actually one of the ones that have not watched the series. I uh, I have the books on my list, mm-hmm. and every time I I talk to someone who's read the books, they're like, "Don't watch the show." They're like, "Read the books," and so now I'm like stuck in this stalemate, right? Where I like don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to do the one. Yeah, but, but I'm not gonna like sit here and funny, pretend man. that it's a bad show because, dude. I mean, other than the last right. episode. It's so well done. It is so good. Yeah, that's what I hear. Yeah, we were just—I uh, was just sitting here with my kids last week, and we were—we typically go through like um, movie arcs. So we'll be like, "All right, well, what what movie series or what movie arcs do we want to start watching like this week or over fall break? What film series do we want to watch or whatever?" Mm-hmm. And uh, we had just talked about the Lord of the Rings series. And it's funny because those books are what, however many years old, just decades old. Mm-hmm. And uh, the movies are already 20 years old. And it like blew my mind to think that I was like, wow, those movies are already 20 years old and, and they still hold up. Right. It's crazy to think about. They still hold up so well. And there are those purists who, who, you know, are the hard J.R.R. Tolkien purists who are like, well, this was different in the book and this and that. And I'm like, yeah, but at the same time, they nailed the principle behind that character or they nailed the idea. They were able to communicate that so well. But, but like I said, there's always those purists, right? Yeah. Well, it's like, I mean, I guess, you know, go back to like an older movie and, and book as well. Like, the Fight Club, you know, by Chuck Palahniuk. It's right, awesome, yeah, awesome. Palahniuk. Honestly, the the movie was really good. I was, it's a good movie. Can't complain. Yeah, that's one that kind of hit the nail on the head when it comes to that transition for sure. Um, so what's next up on your to read list? You'd mentioned a couple books on fatherhood. Yeah, a couple books on parenting. I've got those. What's, coming, I, what's in your to read stack? Well, the, the books I got now that I'm currently reading, uh, then I've got a few other f- fatherly books. Uh, the Expectant Father, uh, I think is the name of one. And then I have two books by that author. I can't remember his name, but then I have, I got a book by Jim Gaffigan called Dad is Fat. I just thought it was oh, a yeah. funny, funny dad read. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, I honestly, I have a stack of probably 10 to 15 books that, you know, I just have like a, this, this big queue because a lot of, you know, authors will send me their books to read and I feel bad because I've been in the Academy. So I haven't had a lot of time, but you know, Oh, true. Yeah. The way that it works out sometimes. Um, I do have a book by Varg Freeborn that I'm really excited to get into here shortly. It's uh, called beyond Uda. You know, I'm sure you're familiar with like the Uda loop. Oh yeah, right on. Observe, orient, decide, act. And this book yep. kind of delves deeper into that that idea. Um, then just some various other books, man. Just some some finance books, some um, self help type books from some different authors, and then a couple other law enforcement and uh, EMS style books as well. Cool, right on. What uh, 
what book would you say that you have gifted the most that you have given out to people the most? Um, you know, it's hard to say there's a, I've kind of like in the last couple of years got big into like stoicism type stuff. So there's a, I mean, yeah. I, I, rec- I recommend meditations by Marcus Aurelius a lot to anybody who is interested in the ideology of stoicism. I found that pretty much any self-help book you read um, has some underlying stoic philosophy embedded in it, whether or not they mention it or not. That's kind of the thesis and basis behind all of it. But there's a great book that I've gifted a handful of copies. Uh, it's called The Stoic Cop by Bill Morrow. It's, it's Stoicism Relating to Law Enforcement. Uh, it's a great book. Uh, it's a first-time author. Did a good job with it. Uh, trying to think of some other books, man. I, there's some other books that I recommend a lot. I mean, obviously, I'm a little biased because I'm, I'm in law enforcement, so I recommend right. like specific books for you know, specific people. Um, and it's kind of not, it's one of those things where it's like not one sheet. True. So would you say, yeah, yeah. So would you say that you, in regards to like gift giving, when it comes to books, do you, you really want to pick something tailored to that person? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's kind of one of those areas too, where it's like when somebody asks you, Hey, like what's your favorite book? It's, it's an impossible question to answer because what could be like something perfect for me yeah. would be just this piece of crap for you. Um, so I try and like, look at the individual right. and, try and like, look at what they're trying to get out of the book. And I've read so many books on so yeah. many different topics that I can generally, you know, at least have an idea of something that could work for them. Yeah. Right on, man. Well, uh, why don't you tell us where, um, where people can find you and where people can find the podcast and, and how people can connect with you and get more involved in regards to figuring out what they should be reading next. Yeah, man. I'm um, generally, you can find me most active on Instagram. It's Instagram.com slash books behind the badge. I've got my podcast, which is also books behind the badge. It's available on Spotify, uh, Apple music, Google music, and Stitcher. And I also have a website. I'm not super active on it. It's just booksbehindthebadge.com. I'm not incredibly active on it, but any of the links and stuff, uh, you'll be able to find in my Instagram bio. Right on. Well, cool, man. I appreciate you talking with me today. Um, I'm always looking for my next good read. And so you're going to definitely be a good resource for that. Yeah, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad I could help. Honestly, it's kind of what i'm here for (laughs) (laughs) right on man so maybe uh maybe i can come on your show we can talk more about books and dork out over comic books and stuff that'd be cool yeah i'm down i need to uh (laughs) we we should both get the invincible uh graphic oh yeah (laughs) yeah that's so good man that one kind of caught me off guard too because i was just home one day i was eating lunch and uh i saw that on amazon and i was like yeah i'll give this a try and boy did it blow me away dude Um, it wasn't what i thought it was gonna be yeah, same, same here. And then I realized later on that it was the same creators of uh, The Walking Dead. And that one, that like totally, the fact that it was like the same people who created The Walking Dead, I was like, oh, okay. That kind of makes a little more sense because now I, know I understand. Yeah, I, I learned that only after I started watching it because I was like doing a bit of a deep dive right? Because it caught me so off guard. I was like, oh man, this is really good. And then uh, 
I was kind of connecting the dots and I was like, Oh man, that makes total sense. Total sense. Well, it's funny. It's like you watch that first. Right on dude. Well, I'll let you go. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No. So I, I, I thought you were, I thought we were done recording my bad brother. Uh, oh, no, go ahead. So it's like you were talking about the, watching that first episode. Yeah. I was just going to say, man, you watch that first episode and it's like, it's not what you think it is. You think it's just like this more kind of PG rated until the very end of that first episode. And then it's, Oh yeah. Uh Oh <laughs> yeah. And then it comes out, just comes out swinging. Yeah. That really took me off guard, but in a good way, in a good way, but right on, man. Well, thanks so much. I'll, uh, I'll put all the links that you'd mentioned in the show notes and, and uh, everyone should be on the lookout for what it is you're reading and what it is you're sharing. And then uh, maybe they can uh, reach out and get featured on your Sunday shout outs. That'd be cool. Yeah, absolutely. You guys know where to find me. My DMs are always open. Right on. Well, thanks again, man. I'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Take it easy. Hey guys, just to wrap up real quick, I hope you got a lot out of that conversation. I know I did. I absolutely love reading books and that's no surprise. That's no secret. Um, I've got a really bad habit of collecting a bunch of books for my to read list and uh, I kind of get overindulgent at times, but you know, there are worse things to be addicted to, right? Um, later on this week, I'm going to actually show you what's in my current stack of to read. Uh, as, as I've had this conversation, it's really sparked me to revisit and kind of qualify what's coming up next for me. But um, one thing that stood out to me and resonated with me that he said is that he talked about how we should always be learning new things and books help us facilitate that. And not only should we be learning new things, but we should be implementing those things that we learn. You know, what, what good is the knowledge if we're not practical about it? What good is it if we don't use it for anything? It kind of makes me think about just stockpiling a bunch of ammunition without ever going to the range and honing your skill and using it. Now, granted, you don't want to use it all up and then have to re-amass uh, your stockpile, but it should be a, a process. Like you, you gain a lot of information and then you pick and choose things to use to help keep you sharp or help you grow. And, and it's all customized. It's all up to you. I would love to hear the knowledge that you've amassed. I would love for you to share it with us in the Facebook group. If you visit the link in the show notes or on Facebook, do a search for the Ignited Firefighter Podcast community. Join the group, contribute to the conversation, and add some value. It helps with bridging the gap, like, like Brady said. We bridge the gap as we learn new things and we share new things. So join the group, be a part of the conversation, and let us know what you find valuable. Also, I'd like to ask you to do me a favor and go in wherever you're listening to this podcast and leave a five-star rating and review. It takes about 20 seconds, and I would really appreciate it. That little 20 seconds goes a long way when it comes to helping people find our podcast, find our movement, find our groups, and it helps the show grow. And that's important because as we grow the show, we grow each other. And we grow the movement. So I would appreciate if you did that for me. Thanks again for listening, everyone. And until next time, if you see a need, own it and take action. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be ignited. <laughs>